1: Finally, Jesus stood up and he said, He who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Now his reply was simple, and yet it was also profound.
0: Here's your word for today, a plum, A-P-L-O-M-B. Jesus spoke with a plum. He wasn't flustered and he shared an air of confidence in his response to those who were accusing him, or at least challenging him, with this situation. This is an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. Their website is highlands.us, and the website for this ministry is studyversebyverse.com. Now talking more about the
1: aplomb of Jesus, here's Pastor Layton. You see, it accomplished all kinds of things. It upheld the law since he didn't deny the woman's guilt, but it broadened the law to include the accusers. It avoided the charge of instigating an execution that would have been in violation of Roman authority, and it put the responsibility back on the accusers. It also mercifully spared the woman from being stoned. So Jesus here had masterfully... Neither minimized the woman's guilt, nor denied the law's sanctity. But he had eliminated the grounds on which the scribes and Pharisees could make any judgment because they were just as guilty as she was. They were guilty of the hypocrisy that Paul wrote about in Romans chapter 2. Therefore you have no excuse, every one of you who passes judgment on somebody else. For in that which you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things." The only person who was qualified to throw the first stone that day was Jesus, because he was the only one without sin, and he chose not to. Verse 9, but when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. Some manuscripts have added convicted by their conscience, which is certainly implied here. It's interesting that uh, it began with the older ones. Now, it may have been that the older ones were quicker to realize they had lost this battle and it was time to leave. Or it had, uh, may have been because the older ones uh, were more aware of their sin, and, and that's probably because they'd lived longer and therefore it had a greater opportunity to accumulate sin or it may have been that the younger ones were so filled with zeal they were looking for somebody who qualified to throw the first stone and it just took them longer to figure out there was nobody there who was qualified to throw the first stone and they went out it's in a continuous tense it's, it indicates something like a procession until the woman was left alone it's ironic because those who came to put jesus to shame <laughs> they left ashamed And those who came to condemn the woman went away condemned. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on sin no more. So after they had left, the scribes and the Pharisee, Jesus is left with the woman in the center of the court. He straightens up. He says, woman, where are they? There's no one here to condemn you. And that, that term, woman, by the way, was a polite term. I remember, it was used when Jesus turned the water into wine when he was talking with his own mother. And it was also used when Jesus was hanging on the cross uh, of his own mother. Mother, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. It was, a, it was a polite term. And you notice what her response is? No one, Lord. She had recognized who he was. And then Jesus said, I do not condemn you either, go, and from now on, sin no more. It's important for us to understand that forgiveness does not imply a license to continue in sin. That when we receive forgiveness of God, it is not to be used as a license to continue in sin. Jesus commanded her to leave her sinful lifestyle. It was a strict charge for her to live from this point on very differently to, re, to sin no more, to repent from her sin. Encountering Jesus always requires a transformation of life, a, a choice to turn away from sin and turn towards Christ and turn towards living a life that brings honor to Christ. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? Never may it be. How shall we who died to sin still live in it? Jesus tells her to sin no more. Now, the implication here was that it was a lifestyle. It wasn't an event. This was a woman who was promiscuous, which is probably why the guys who were setting her up knew where to go to find a woman who would meet the requirements for their little plan. This story paints a picture of our wonderful Savior and Lord. His humility, his wisdom, his... Justice and yet his mercy and forgiveness to those who are trapped in sin. And all Christians should be very, very thankful that God has preserved this for us. Now, in any dynamic living Christian church, there are always two agendas at work. Trying to push the church family off-center. One agenda is to use the grace of God as a license to continue in and promote sin. We are surrounded by examples of churches that have succumbed to this agenda. They don't really teach from God's word anymore because God's word can be confrontational and they're afraid of offending someone. We're surrounded by examples of churches that teach... Do whatever you want. God's forgiveness will cover it all. Continue in your sin. On the other hand, and pushing the other direction, is another agenda, which is legalism. And legalism uses the word of God to manipulate, intimidate, and control people. We are also surrounded by many examples of churches that have been pushed into this agenda as well and are filled with angry, arrogant hypocrites who hide or excuse their own sin while looking for someone else's sin to expose. Like the scribes and Pharisees of this story, they get a personal satisfaction out of exposing sin as long as it's not their own. And legalists do the same thing today. Such a church is not a safe place for sinners, which means any of us, because all of us are sinners. Because it's a place where sin is exposed not for the purpose of healing, but instead for the purpose of hurt. You know, licentious people don't tend to stay very long at Church of the Highlands because we teach the Bible. They're initially attracted because we have a church that's filled with healthy, happy people. But then eventually we come across some scripture that confronts their behavior that they don't want to repent from. And so they go looking for another church that will tell them what their ears want to hear. A lot of churches where they don't study God's word, they only select passages that are feel-good passages. And... Because we are a Bible church, we tend to attract legalists, modern-day Pharisees, but eventually they leave highlands as well because we never measure up to their expectations. They say hurtful things like there's sin in the camp because unlike them and the Pharisees of this story, we don't delight in publicly exposing the sin of people for entertainment. Instead, like Jesus, we want to minister to people who are entrapped by their sin and encourage them to go and sin no more. They say we need to remove or expel people who are struggling with sin. But someone who is struggling with sin more than ever needs the, the assistance, the help, the love, and the encouragement of a brother or sister. Not to be kicked out of the church, but to be encouraged to do what is right in the sight of God. Not thrown to the wolves. We only remove or disfellowship when there is no indication of repentance or their continuing behavior is destructive to the church family. Legalists have this dispensation or this, this position where we need to punish the person for their sin. The Bible says that God disciplines those he loves. God doesn't need our help. God is the Father. We are brothers and sisters. You know, I had a son. I had a daughter, brother and sister. It never worked out well when one tried to discipline the other. Let God take care of the discipline. Oftentimes, people are punished because the circumstances that result from their sinful decisions... Are, are terrible. It's been said that the Christian army is the only army in the world that shoots its wounded. That should never be. Jesus is described as being full of grace and truth. He spoke the truth graciously. You remember how in our study of the prologue, the first 18 verses of the Gospel of John, that's mentioned not once but twice, that Jesus was full of grace and truth. And that that combination of grace and truth is the foundation for any healthy, happy relationship. If both ingredients are not present, you cannot have a healthy, happy relationship. If somebody is gracious but never truthful, you can't have a healthy, happy relationship. They might be pleasant to be around, but you can't invest in such a relationship. And if people are always truthful and never gracious, you won't want to be around them very long. Because they're abrasive and their company is not very pleasant. But when you have grace and truth, like Jesus had grace and truth, spoke the truth graciously, then you have the foundation for relationship. And remember that the reason that Jesus came to earth is so that we could have relationship with God. Church of the Highlands is neither licentious nor legalistic but it is a place that is filled with grace and truth, where the truth is spoken graciously. Amen. I want to conclude our time today by reiterating the words of Jesus. If you are continuing in some behavior you know that is displeasing to God, then listen to the words of Jesus. Stop it. Go and sin no more.
0: A life-changing admonition for sure. And if you feel like you can't accomplish that in your own life, go and sin no more and need some help, We would love to extend that hand of help to you at Church of the Highlands. Get in touch with us. Go through the website at highlands.us and use the contact information there, and we will do whatever we can to offer that assistance to you. This is a broadcast outreach of Church of the Highlands. I'm Mike Trout. Our teacher is Pastor Leighton Sheely, and he'll begin a new message as we end the week. And I hope you can join us as he continues in the book of John, the 8th chapter. Have a great rest of your day. Join us tomorrow if you can when we'll once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.